Hey everyone, and welcome to another episode of Small Biz Gone Viral. I'm your host, Grant LeBeau, small business owner negatively impacted by COVID, and general extrovert stuck in a socially distanced world. To help cope with both, every episode I interview a fellow small business owner to discuss how the pandemic has affected their business, and of course, the humans who run it. Today's guest runs a boutique public relations firm in Richmond, Virginia, and will share her pandemic experience in just a few minutes. But first, as always, our fun fact. Yay! Today's fun fact, amidst a backdrop of bad news, is actually a silver lining to social distancing and working from home. According to an annual report by TomTom, morning rush hour congestion in U.S. cities remained 57% lower in December 2020 compared to December 2019, while evening traffic snarls were down 41%. TomTom also states that the COVID-19 pandemic could permanently change traffic patterns if, and this is an if, society embraces a new shift in mobility and work-from-home possibilities and takes the path towards a safer, cleaner, congestion-free future. Wouldn't that be nice? For historical context through a numerical lens of the week of January 15th, let's get to our recurring segment, Facts and Figures. Today's stats tell a story of immediate tragedy and turmoil, though with hugely high hopes for the future. COVID-19 numbers are at an all-time record high, with 235,000 Americans being diagnosed each day and 3,400 dying daily. Statistically astounding, the U.S. currently accounts for 38% of the world's active coronavirus cases, in spite of having less than 5% of the world's population. Unemployment filings rose to 965,000 last week, the 38th straight week above the pre-COVID weekly record set in the early 80s. Just to be clear, that means every single week for the last 38 weeks, each of those weeks would have been a pre-COVID record. Instead, it's just, you know, another week. Even with those numbers and the backdrop of government-imposed restrictions, stocks remain in record territory. This continues the trend of stock growth, though I suspect that this is due at least in part to the high hopes pinned to President-elect Biden's post-inauguration plans for this Wednesday, tomorrow. As you're listening to this, the day it was released, last week he revealed a $1.9 trillion plan intended to improve the nation's health and economic health, which are obviously inextricably linked. The headline of this plan is $1,400 direct payments, which combined with the recent $600 payments under President Trump would raise the 2021 total to $2,000 per person. Also included is $20 billion for vaccination efforts, another $50 billion dedicated to national testing infrastructure with emphasis on rapid testing, and $130 billion for schools to retrofit and operate safely during a pandemic. Biden's plan also calls for hiring more than 100,000 public health workers for national contact tracing, local vaccine outreach, and more, as well as specialized forces to rapidly deploy to congregant settings like nursing homes and prisons, which have seen particularly brutal outbreaks. As I read this, perhaps what is most surprising is that 300 days after a national, after a national emergency was declared, how have these measures not already been taken? I mean, seriously, they aren't overtly political. They aren't secret or imaginative. To address the worries of deficit hawks, borrowing is as cheap as it could ever be, and the economic benefits of addressing the pandemic quickly 
would have expedited reopenings, save businesses from closing permanently, lower reliance on future government help, and increase the tax base, never mind the reduced human toll. You know, the thing that governments are supposed to actually serve. And yeah, truly frustrating looking at the looking backwards at the lack of a national plan, but, you know, contrasted with high hopes for what comes next. Okay, before we get to our interview, here are a couple of easy ways to support small businesses. One, buy stuff. Truly, there is nothing better. Maybe skip Amazon next time, or once every other, once a week, whatever. Just skip it and go direct. Number two, write reviews on Yelp your own Facebook page, or even do an Instagram reel. However you want, just share the word about your favorite small businesses. Every little message matters. And on that note, lastly, and probably easiest, find your favorite small businesses on Instagram and like and comment. It might seem insignificant, but you'll raise morale, especially for the truly small businesses out there. My guest today is the amazing Elizabeth Edelman, Elizabeth founded her boutique public relations company, Golden Word, with a vision for creating a powerhouse little agency that chases doing good work with good people, and that it could be fun for both client and team. Founded in 2016, Golden Word is a PR and communications consulting firm based in Richmond, Virginia, focused on brands they believe in across industry and stage, and they make powerful, meaningful connections on the client's behalf with media, partners, and consumers. Needless to say, things changed dramatically for her company in the pandemic, and equally needless to say, we're about to talk about it. Elizabeth, thanks so much for being here. Thanks for having me. Let's start by having you tell us, what is Golden Word? Great. So Golden Word is my PR and communications firm. We are based here in Richmond, Virginia, and we help a variety of businesses do, well, we do their PR essentially. And so what that means is a couple of things. One is we help them organize their message and how to, how to tell their story, and then also get that story out to the media. So ideally we are getting them press coverage in the media influencers, partnerships, anything to help spread the word on the business for free. It's not paid. Um, and I think just, you call that er earned media. Yes. Earned media. Indeed. So anything we can do to get the word out on them and really just bolster their reputation, help sell their goods and services. And is there an, an average size company that you're working with? Not really. I think it's a little bit all over the place. Um, we tend to work with mostly startups. Um, therefore, it's just a variety of stages. Any 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 uh, industries specifically or just across the board? Sure. We. It's funny. I feel like we've tried to have focuses, but I get really interested in companies when we're talking to them. And so I'll sign us up for things that don't necessarily fit in previous sectors, we're trying to be more streamlined about that. Well, we've done uh, a lot of startup consumer brands in beer, wine, and spirits, uh, fashion and accessories, and then hospitality and design. Um, but we've also done rideshare services, and we've worked with different agencies 
and helped them with their messages as well. Okay. So a, a little bit of everything really. Yeah. I'm trying to hone it in, but that's, that's been our history so far. Yeah. Oh, and that's also part of being a small business is you, yes, you develop your niche, but at the same time, you're also like, well, we're small, we're nimble. We can adjust to that and, yep. biz and, and you always need the business. So absolutely. Yeah. I feel like it's such a position of privilege to, to be able to turn down business at any point, really. Yeah, and we've turned down a lot of things. Obviously, we tried to connect those opportunities with other firms in town and set them up for success. Like, if we're not going to do be the best partner with someone, I want to share, like, connect them with someone who is. Uh, that's uh, how benevolent of you. <laughs> <laughs> Rising tide. Uh, yes, yes, indeed. And then, of course, you're you're continuing uh, uh, to kind of put yourself in, into that ecosystem and make yourself. Uh, you know, uh, you're, you're creating value without necessarily like kind of risking or, or, or shortchanging the, the customer. And then you're connect, you're making connections to other firms who I would assume would at some point maybe pay that favor back when yes, absolutely. they're in a similar position. Yeah. Um, so how long have, how long has golden word been around? Yes, we, I founded the agency in 2016. I, previously had been in New York for five years doing PR. I moved to Richmond, Virginia in 2010, worked at a PR firm here for two years, and then went in-house with a client, which was Leadberry. It's a men's shirt maker and menswear brand uh, that I've worked with them now for a decade. But I was in-house there for four years and then started Golden Word with them as my first client. Got it. So how much experience in PR before starting Gold Word, Golden Word? Um, what? 11 years. Okay. So you've yeah. been in the world of PR now for 15-ish years. Yes. Got it. Okay. Let's set the table for, as always, for our, our big mid-COVID segment by talking about your headcount, revenue expectations, et cetera, kind of uh, quantifying your your pre-COVID existence. Um, we sure. can start with headcount. Okay. Um, so headcount, we at the pre-COVID were four full-time people, including myself, um, and two part-timers. We had an intern and then a contractor. Got it. And what were our <laughs> our being the you know the, the royal hour uh, yeah. <laughs> revenue expectations for 2020? So I'm a little bit of a funny entrepreneur in that I don't necessarily set hard revenue goals. And mm -hmm. by that, I mean, I don't set any revenue goals. The idea <laughs> right. is growth. I, I feel like we've really benefited from very natural organic growth. And I always have a mind on growing. So I'm always bringing in business and always growing or have an eye on growing the business and um, building out the team. Um, so I'd like to give you some numbers though. So from 2017 to 2018, we saw 70% revenue growth and that's when we grew the team from two to four, um, sorry, from one to three. And then uh, from 2018 to 2019, we saw 34% revenue growth. So we were doing really well without having specific numbers that we were aiming for. Yeah, yeah. And, and what is there... 
if, if you mind, if you don't mind sharing, uh, mm-hmm. is was there um, kind of a a top line revenue number that you were like kind of ballpark aiming for? Again, no. Um, I, you know, try to break even. I like I. This is not a business practice that I recommend for people, but we <laughs> tend to just it tends to work, right? I'm right. obviously watching it and being mindful of it. Yeah. Um, but no, I didn't, I wasn't aiming for a number. Okay. So. Um, is, is there and, a number you would have been happy with? Um, again, I literally just like, no. Oh, this is where we ended up. Like, okay. cool. Okay. So yeah. Got it. Um, I will say, so going into 2020, yes, I, was of the mindset of like, okay, we're on the upswing. Like we have a larger team now we've in 2019, we moved into our own offices. So it just felt like we were really coming into our own. Um, we had three new clients already signed up to start with us at the beginning of January. Um, we had new like business proposals that were out, like the new business pipeline was doing well. I didn't have a new position open, but we were like on the cusp of hiring again, which at our size is a really big deal. Um, And so the other thing I would say is that the concept of like 2020 being a hard year in retrospect is kind of funny um, because I don't really feel like I've had an easy year in business since the first, when it was me sitting at my house with like two clients, like that was easy and fun and it was new and exciting. Um, but I'd say growth is challenging as a business, right? And so I don't look back and I'm like, oh, it's been smooth sailing the whole time. And then all of a sudden this pandemic hit, I would say, no, it's been challenging throughout Um, one thing that we've learned is that there's this chicken and egg struggle of like, do we win business first or do we staff up first? And I am self-funded, so I don't have investors. I don't have a huge bankroll or like pile of money that I'm working from. You're not Apple. No, I am not Apple. Um, so we, I, over the years, my business coach, Rick Desjarnettes, Um, he and I really landed on this, the right answer for us, which is pursue both all the time. So pursue new business and pursue new staff, um, and hiring all the time. And that's kind of been my growth mindset and it's really worked for us thus far until 2020. Well, I I love what you said about how in retrospect, like to think of 2020 as being a, a rough year and and kind of juxtaposing that to prior years that like, yeah, as a small business owner, just about every year is yeah. difficult and a struggle and, and kind of has its own stormy seas. Maybe and not. That's the, why the... we do it. Right? right. We like the challenge. Like I'm not I'm not saying that and complaining. I'm saying like, that's what it is. And I'm not mad about it. I think we are better for it. So I feel like Every year I come to the end of the year and I'm like, well, we were tested and we made it through. Right. And we're so 2020 in many ways is like no different, except that it's like a way more dramatic soap opera. Right. Right. It's like you're, you're normal. Normally at the end of the year, like, wow, we weathered some storms. And, and yeah. this year you're like, 
Well, it was a category five for <laughs> nine months. Yeah, it was like, okay, the first few years, we can't like repeat the same challenges. So we're going to throw something new at you. Right. This is the boss level. Mm -hmm. uh, okay. So heading into 2020, uh, you had 34% growth uh, in the, the, the past couple of years. Uh, you had staffed up. You felt like you were on the cusp of some good things. How did 2020 start? Uh, pretty rough, if I'm being honest. Okay. Um, so <laughs> building on that trend. Yep. Yeah. And it's like, this is before the pandemic hit that I was already like, oh, okay, this is not going super well. So we, for some, for reasons I cannot explain, every single one of our 11 clients was up for renewal within two months of January 1st to February 29th, as it were. And Obviously, that's not the way you should run your business. And these were like two-year contracts, one-year contracts, six-month contracts. It's not like I queued it up like this. It's just right. the way that it fell. And so we knew that one of our clients wasn't going to renew. Um, and so that was like a foregone conclusion. But we already had three more starting in 2020. We are, so I was like, that's clearly offset. And then a couple more dropped off. Um in those first couple months and it, like looking back, I've tried to do like the postmortem on the why. And one of them was like, they just shifted their budget and they wanted to do more um, retail and pop-up. And so they were like, we're not gonna pay for PR. So you, it's hard, hard to combat that. Um, the other one was a startup that was starting to fail. And again, like, I don't not even much know you can do there. Yep. No, right. So, cause I was, I'm always super conscious of like, are we not bringing value? Like, are like, why wouldn't people renew with us? Um, so at the time I was like, okay, this is not going the way that I thought it would for 2020, but it was okay because we had the new clients starting and we had a new business pipeline. So PR, we do not expect to retain our clients forever. Um, the way that we operate, we're on a retainer model. Um, meaning they're paying us a flat fee over a course of a contract, which can range from like six to two or six months, to two years. Um, and so it's part of the natural ebb and flow to have some clients leaving and some new clients coming in. Um, and then the other piece that happened is one of our, my full timers gave notice. She was reevaluating her career. Um, and so that was a little disruptive, let's say, just in the sense of being a small team and needing right. to to readjust. So yeah, I mean, if you have four employees and you lose one, that's twenty five percent of your workforce. Yes. Yeah. 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 I, I think it it's worth reiterating that what you said earlier, which is adding one person to a small business, is a really big decision. You're not. I always use Apple. I, I got to use someone else. Uh, you're you're not Google, okay? You're you're not like, hey, yeah, certainly not. Like literally every single day of the year, you're probably starting ten new employees and losing five or six or eight or or what? Like it, it's not like that's just part of the business. For you, yeah. it's like, what? How did twenty twenty go? Oh, we added two employees and we lost one. That's a that's a ton of movement. Or. Mm -hmm. Uh, or in this case, maybe lost a, a few and added nobody. But we'll, we, we'll get to that. <laughs> yes. Um, so kind of wrapping up the, our, our pre-COVID set here as we set the table for, for our mid-COVID, uh, it sounds like you had 
four employees heading into 2020 plus two part-time. So basically six people yes. that you were kind of working with, including yourself. You yep. had 10, 10-ish um, uh, clients heading into 2020. You knew you were going to lose one and then you were planning on adding another three or four very mm -hmm. early on with a relatively full pipeline uh, yep. for, the, for the rest of the year. Yes. Okay. Time to move to mid-COVID. But before One we do that, thing. sorry, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, sorry, not time. Um, in this like January, February period mm -hmm. where we were starting to lose these clients, I did let go of our two part-timers um, just to like be mindful of cost. Okay. And so that was before COVID. That was before COVID. Okay. So end of 2019, you had six. And then in those first couple months of 2020, Yes, we lost scaled. a couple clients. We dropped our uh, two part-timers. Okay, scaled down to down to four. And had that person given notice yet, the full-time? Um, in February. Okay. So it was, it was a lot of transition already. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So even though it might not have been three, it might not have been 50% of your, of the hours that you were paying out, of, of like the, right. of the staff hours, it was still 50% reduction in headcount that were, either coming yeah. into the office or working remotely. Okay, good to know. So heading into COVID, three, uh, three people on staff, including yourself. Yep. And then the rest of the numbers that we said. Okay, yes. now, unless there's anything else. No, 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 you got it. Time to move to mid-COVID. Uh, yes. But before we do that, as always, it's time for our guests, unsponsor of the show. The unsponsor is an awesome company producing an awesome product run by awesome people who deserve our support, even though they don't, they're not paying for a shout out. They're just a cool company who deserves one. And I wish someone would do this for my companies. So uh, make, making, the, making the world the, the one that we want to live in. So Elizabeth, tell us who is today's show not brought to us by? Today's show is not brought to us by Grit Coffee, which is a small business based in Charlottesville, Virginia. They are a client of ours, um, but they have six shop locations and a roastery. Um, but why I wanted to mention them today is because they have this ingenious, simple, but brilliant concept, which is that they offer coffee subscriptions. So no matter where you are in the country, you can go onto their website, greatcoffee.com and sign up for a coffee delivery, which can be monthly every couple of weeks. So you can determine the timeline, you can determine how many, uh, how much coffee you need. Um, you can select the type of beans that you want, ground or whole, all of it. So it's extremely customized. Um, and then Grit Coffee is obsessed with fresh coffee and they go to great lengths to source beans around the world. So you get freshly roasted coffee delivered to your doorstep. And I just think it is so brilliant and in this time, coffee is such an essential part, like that caffeine kick. Um, so why not have that on the ready so you're never low on coffee? And a, 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 a human interaction free experience. Yeah. And you're supporting an incredible business in Charlottesville, which has pivoted so dramatically in the um, in COVID to offer more e-commerce options. So it's COVID-friendly COVID buying experience. It's a, a COVID-friendly 
supporting of a small business that's been impacted by heavily by the pandemic because obviously coffee shops were you know the 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 old norm of going and hanging out at a coffee shop is basically thrown out the window and with that lots of revenue trust me as someone who sells to many many coffee shops <laughs> that, that uh they are seeing a serious decline in business so this is a way to, to get a great product and support a great business uh all in one yes Time to move into our mid-COVID set, and let's go ahead and start with, I guess, the, the easiest question, which is, when did you first feel the impact of, of the pandemic on your business? Well, I have a micro and a macro answer to this. The micro one is, we were in a meeting in Charlottesville with another client, and it felt like over the course of this hour and a half long meeting, that the pandemic just like truly came home to roost. Um, these, I don't know if it was, I don't remember the exact details, but it was like the state of Virginia was rolling out um, state of emergencies mm -hmm. um, because of the pandemic, like through this meeting. So we sat down at the beginning of the meeting talking about opening a hospitality destination. And over the course of the meeting, everyone was just starting to get more and more nervous about like, the notion of quarantine, you know, the needing of closing businesses. So by the time that was over and we're in Charlottesville, um, which is an hour and a half away from Richmond, but I was like, I need to get home. Like I want to get home to my house, figure out what the hell is going on. We stopped at the grocery store. We went to Trader Joe's and like my team, like we stocked up and then we like went home and like tried to figure out what was going on. So that was kind of like this weird turning of the tide in that meeting. Um, and then a couple days later, we made the decision to work from home. Um, and then the more macro answer is, at first, it really just felt like chaos in the sense that like no one knew what was happening, right? I think we look back now and we're like, oh, okay, you can, you can touch surfaces. We don't need to wipe down our groceries. But if you remember at the time, like, I would get packages in the mail and like not touch them for three days because I wanted all the germs on them to die. Um, so there was just a lot of, if you've ever heard of this term before, uncertainty. Um, so <laughs> yeah. Oh, it just, that, that, it's like one of my favorite terms to use on this show. I talk about that all the yes. time. And it's like one of the reasons why I use it because specifically it, it's really difficult as a small business to continue to know, like to, to know where to invest and how to invest and where to put your resources when there's right. tons of uncertainty. But yeah, continue. Right. So, I mean, you're just facing like this personal level of uncertainty and then the business at the same time, right and left, not right and left, but like we had even more clients give notice. And this time it was very abrupt because they're frantically going around trying to save their own businesses. And it's like a phone call to me saying like, hey, we loved working with you, but we're going to cut this off now. We don't know what's going on. We had a lot of clients in the hospitality area and revenue just died, right? There was no resurrection of it. There's no like combating this. Um, we had several like really big proposals in our new business pipeline. Um, and a couple of those people, well, a couple of people were like, oh, can we get a proposal from you? And then we'll start when this is over. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, when is that? But um, others, like we had a really big proposal out that I was super excited for. And that person got laid off. Um, 
like our contact there got laid off, which means that our proposal was dead. Um, So it just all of a sudden, like our existing client base was upended. Our new business pipeline was dead. And like, personally, we didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And and part of that uncertainty too, as I kind of put myself in, in, in my own shoes, uh, nine or 10 months ago. And even when I, I remember vividly when I started this podcast, having on my very first guest and we were talking about, Hey, how are things going to be, you know, in a month from now when we go back to normal? Oh yeah. A hundred percent. And so, yes, like we were stocking up on groceries and, and I remember that whole leaving Amazon packages outside, but there no one was thinking, how do we stock up on a business side of things right. to, to, to manage through a year of this or, or yeah. more. And even as this has continued on, like on, on my end, what the responses that I get to my sales efforts it's never, hey, let's talk about this in nine months. It's always, let's talk in, let's talk either next month or let's talk in three months. Sure. Well, it, we have we have no ability for foresight. I would say the reality is we never did, but we thought we did, or like there was a there was a norm, there was a status quo. Yeah, or you you thought that whatever changes might occur, they'd be sort of within the historical standard deviation. Sure. That's fair. Not 15 standard deviations away or whatever we are at currently. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, if you're, especially if you're in hospital, like it's one thing if you, if you had a bunch of tech companies and they're like, yeah, we're just adapting and pivoting our apps to meet, you know, n- n- new ways to deliver things touch free. Okay, cool. But it's another thing if you're like, yeah, we work with a bunch of brick and mortar hospitality companies. Like there are only really like, so many different ways you can do things and without people, w- without uh, you, you utilizing like your core business model. Mm-hmm. Like if you're, if you are a brick and mortar coffee shop, yeah, yeah you can do online subscriptions, but is that going to, is that going to make up for, you know, having tens of thousands of people come into your shop every year right. and buy coffee? Yeah. I don't know. It seems it seems like a, a, a lofty ask. So we're we're into we're into March now. You've yeah. you've started to see clients drop off and and I know you 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 told me that um you had a, a startup business that just straight up went under. And so yeah. obviously, you know, there's nothing that that doesn't reflect reflect on you. Uh, they're not cutting costs. They're just cutting everything. Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing that happened is one of my other team members gave notice. Um, so between everything that was happening with us and the pandemic, she was just looking for something more stable. Was that in um, March? That was, I'm, I'm fairly certain it was in March. Okay. Um, but, or, or April, but very, yeah, but it was very early, very on, early on. Um, I actually like went back the other day and looked at what happened in March and it was a lot, even though it was like mid March, like the last two weeks of March, a lot went down. Um, I won't go into all of it. I put a piece of real estate up on the market, like all these things that I didn't even remember happened very quickly in just those back two weeks. But going back to golden word. Um, so this team member giving notice for me, like, 
I knew it was going to be tough for us financially, but I was fully prepared to do whatever I had to do to protect my staff. Um, I had already cut my own salary. My salary is still cut now, but I would have fought like hell to save everyone's jobs. That said, you know, there is free will. And so with the two of um, my full-timers leaving, in a way, it was also a blessing. So we've not had to do layoffs. It did help us as our revenues were decreasing to have also have our expenses decreasing. Um, but I think between our clients, so we have had like two rounds of clients leaving, like the, the turnover at the renewal time. And then we had another one with the pandemic. We've had all this loss of the team. And then I got one more call from a client saying, hey, I'm just not sure like what's going to happen here. And I feel like I need to save money. And I think we need to stop working together. And something in me fully snapped. I was just like, no more shall pass. Like, I will not lose another client. And when was and this? This was in April. Okay. And I just told them that I was like, look, we can negotiate on terms. Like, I get the cash flow constraint. Um, we can and we should completely revamp your marketing strategy right now, but this is not the time to pull back and to be quiet and to not market yourself. We need to be more aggressive. So how can we change our strategies? Like it was really hard at that time for us to be pitching media stories. Like they weren't, if it wasn't related to COVID, it was really hard to be like, you know, where to buy the fresh, freshest coffee or, you know what I mean? Like it, right. It was hard to pitch more consumer stories. So for example, this client, I was like, we're going to completely revamp your social media. Is that something that we typically did? No, but did we do really well with it? Yes. Um, and so we kept that client and then another client called and said, Hey, we need to, we want to like reduce the retainer 80%. And I was like, how about no? <laughs> like, and we reduced the retainer somewhat, but I then from that point forward, proactively went to all of our clients with new strategy and new like tactics for how we were going to handle this. Mm -hmm. um, because I was not going to have, I did not want any more calls from people saying that they needed to scale back. Right. So you kind of proactively reach out to people saying, hey, we, we, we understand these are different times. We don't expect to retain the the 100 percent uh you know pre-existing relationship that we had but we do want to maintain the relationship and we want to work yeah. with you and, and well we're we're their partners right? right so like i'm not going to sit here and be like well that's not in our scope of work like that's so it was like what can we do to create value for you how can we help you and the reality is as a business owner in this time you're running around like a chicken with your head cut off you don't need to say like, hey, PR firm, please, could you go in this new direction? We wanted to get ahead of it and just say like, we need to go in a new direction. I don't want you to have to think about it. Here's how we're going to cover you and let's go. And every client responded to that, which was, you know, so helpful. And how many, so how, how many clients ended up staying on or how many clients did you have in, let's say, May? Uh four okay so I mean, yeah so there was so there was a there was a serious reduction there 
yeah. from the from the start of the year. Some of that mm-hmm. you knew was coming. Some of that mm-hmm. you couldn't have done anything about because they were just businesses that were just straight up closing down. But mm-hmm. the other ones you worked on like a human to human level and was like, we if we both want to survive this, we we need to do something symbiotic here. Yes. Let's make some magic happen. Yeah. So we did a lot of pivoting. We started to do more social advising on social, um, helping our clients figure out their posts, creating editorial calendars. We did copywriting. Um, we supported one of our clients shifted to, um, mask production. So we helped with mask sales for a minute there. We were not good at that. Um, we were much better at doing the PR on it, which, you know, you know, the thing you have 15 years of experience, right? (laughs) Right. Um, so yeah, we just, we did what we had to do. And the other thing I would say is know that I'm an optimist. So I was not the person who was at home depressed about this. I was certainly stressed out. Like I'm not, I'm still human. I still get tired, um, but I'm solution oriented. And so I, I feel, and the other piece to acknowledge here is like, I live alone. I don't have children. Um, I was still able to go into the office. I live immediately next door to our office. So in many ways, my routine and my day-to-day was preserved. So I wasn't suddenly homeschooling. Um, I wasn't trapped at my house. Um, so in many ways I was still, I think that helped with the mindset. Um, we, we started, yeah, we started a bunch of things. Like I still got dressed every day, did hair and makeup. Like I never did the sweat, like sweatsuit thing. Um, we also like offered free communications calls for businesses that were trying to figure things out. Um, I, at one point was like, we should offer pep talks. And my, uh, remaining staff member was like, hell no, like, please no. And I'm really glad we didn't do it because it wasn't the right time, but right. like, that's the mindset I was in. I was like, okay, like we're going to get through this. And, um, I wasn't trying to be like false about it, but I also felt like the mindset is so important in how to tackle things. Um, and then the other piece that we developed, like started then that we're still doing now is we developed a really simple gratitude and self-care practice, which is that in our morning meetings, we do like a stand up every day. Uh, we share one gratitude and one thing that we're doing to take care of ourselves that day. I feel like everyone would benefit by doing that myself included. Um, so, and at this point, the the morning meetings are, it's you and one other person who's been with you for how long? Uh, she, at this point, it's been a year and a half. And at this point, you've been, you've been through it together. Through, yes, through indeed. Thick and thin. She and I have been through some stuff together. Yeah. So it sounds like you, you've made some, some pretty big changes, obviously, in the way that you've approached your, your businesses as well, or your clients, as well as, um, things more on on an in, intra office um, scale. Mm-hmm. Have you have you adjusted the way that you approach reaching out to potential new new clients? Because I know you said that you had a, a robust pipeline heading into 2020. How does that pipeline look like in 2021? Um, well, I would say first it went on a journey in 2020, which is that for a minute, like we had that 
like it just ended. Then we had a couple people reach out and we're like, okay, we'll hire you after this is over. And that clearly like wasn't going anywhere. Um, we won one, like our biggest client ever in July. Um, and that was a really bold idea that did not pan out. So that client really buoyed our Q3, but then it ended. Um, and can you you share why, why it didn't work out or, 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 and what was bold about it? Well, I don't want to get into too many of the details. It's just that like, it was a big swing and it wasn't a miss. It was just a, um, wanting to go in a different direction. Like you, you fail fast. Right. Yeah. Um, and so like that idea and strategy did not work out and that's okay. Um, it was really helpful to us for like a few months there. Um, and we gave it our best shot, but, and that completely fell out of the sky. Like she, this client went from hiring us, like reaching out one day and hiring us within five, which never happens. It usually takes a lot longer. And I also feel like that it's kind of representative of, of the, of, of the small business of the plight of the small business in the pandemic, uh, as a whole by as, as far as like the, just needing to get to that next stepping stone as you're trying to cross this pandemic river. And yeah, maybe that, that stone doesn't stay there forever, but that's fine. You, it it got you to where you needed to be just to that next step, kind of to that next gasp of air almost from a cash flow standpoint. Yeah. So that client really took up a lot of our Q3. So Q4, it was back to, you know, after we lost that client, um, we took our own advice that we'd been telling everyone and we were like, okay, maybe we should ramp up our own marketing. Um, so we did some things like we've um, completely redesigned our website, like brand new website, which is something that I had on deck for earlier in the year. Um, we put a lot more effort into our social. We rebranded some workshops that we do. Um, but the other big thing that happened in Q4 is that we truly started shifting our perspective on new business and started soliciting more a prior to. So my approach to new business, and perhaps this is just a luxury of being a small business starting out was that I believed that we did better attracting business than we did soliciting it. Meaning that I'm very attuned to like the energy and the chemistry between like people. And I think that's why we do so well in PR, but I look for that in clients. And for some reason, I had always thought that the clients needed to come to us and that anytime I had gone out and tried to really like solicit someone and approach someone, not cold necessarily, but they hadn't come to us with the idea. It wasn't going very well. And so Q4 last year, I really needed to break that down and learn that we cannot just sit here and wait for whoever to come by we needed to be intentional about the types of business that we were going after and then being really thoughtful in our approach of them because I'm no longer going to just wait for our revenues to come in. I need to go get them. So the way we phrased it is we learned how to hunt. And how has that been working out for you so far? Or is it too early to tell? Um, We put more new business proposals out than any other year. Uh, in 2020. Um, Our win rate is lower than it's probably ever been, but that's okay because 
we're still waiting. I think we're going to have, we have five proposals out right now, which is fairly significant. You know, if we won all of those, I'd have to hire a couple more people. So your, your, your win rate has been lower, which is totally understandable. Mm-hmm. Moving forward, uh, gonna, going to continue, I would imagine that you're, you're going to continue to take those kind of bigger swings with a kind of a, a, a or a, a wider swing than, than you normally would. Is, is that fair to say? Yes, I would say there's two things happening. One is that early on in our learning how to hunt, I realized there is still the chemistry to be found in the soliciting, right? So we reached out to a couple businesses and the very first one was like, it's so funny that you emailed me today, even though I've never met this person before in my life. She's like, I was about to email you today. And so, you know, like, what are the odds of that? It was insane. Um, And then the other one, I literally was a thought to myself, oh, I should reach out to them. And they emailed me the next day. So I feel like there was starting to have that serendipity and that momentum that I see when people come to us um, is happening in the learning how to hunt. But then the other piece is just changing our intentionality behind it. Like we moving into 2021, I am not trying to survive. I am trying to grow the business. We are much more aggressively going to go after the clients that we want, building the company that we want Golden Word to be. And yes, I mean, a lot of people talk about like, oh, I can't wait to get to 2021 in a new year. I have no belief that this year is going to be any easier than the last, but I have much more resolve and confidence in our abilities that I am like, uh, the plot twists are going to continue. But we've been tested. We've risen to the occasion. And I feel like we know how to proceed regardless. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more that 2021. Yes, it, sure. Everyone's emails right now. And I say this, the you know, front half of, of January. Everyone's emails right now start off with, hey, like, hopefully, you know, 2021 is going to be, you know, the, the best year. Right. It's finally here. You know, things are going to be different. Yes, things are going to be different. At some point, they'll be better. And until then, they'll just be rocky as always. But one thing that I do want to kind of touch upon, I think this is a a great way to sort of segue into our post-COVID set, is that you feel like you're battle-tested and you've learned how to exist within the world, within this pandemic environment, and are figuring out the things that will allow you to continue to, to survive and, you know, return to thriving Mm -hmm. one of those being your sales efforts which it sounds like are really really well targeted if those people are already you know who who you have never met before were going to reach out to you yes i think within richmond as a pr firm we're really well known so that's great, but that's not 100% of what we're trying to do. I would love for Golden Word to be a, considered a little powerhouse on a national scale, national level. And that's what we're trying to aim for in 2021. So I am incredibly grateful for every opportunity we have in Richmond, but I feel like that is the beginning for us. And so excited to see what else comes out of it. Yeah. Does your proximity to DC help at all? Or is that kind of its own little ecosystem? That tends to be its own ecosystem. We tend to 
do more in Charlottesville, for example, they'll, they'll come to us for Richmond. Okay. Yeah, that, that does make sense. I'm, I'm curious because it seems like this would be maybe more difficult for you just by the virtue of, of the nature of your business. But are there things that you can do to prepare for the next pandemic to, to hopefully avoid a loss of revenue and, and uh, maybe convert more on that pipeline? Uh, probably. <laughs> that's, the, um, that's the million dollar question. Yeah. Uh, I do object to like one thing we were talking about the other day is having some more diversity in the types of our clients, um, meaning not being so focused on the really sexy startups that we love, but trying to find some more that are stable. Or, But uh, in our discussions, the word pandemic proof came up and I quickly like swatted that one down. I was like, there's no such thing as pandemic proof. Um, I think that I will say, I do believe that there's always like there's always business to win. Um, So it's just a matter of getting creative and figuring out like, okay, what's the industry that's doing well right now? Or what of our skill set is more valuable at this time than others? But I think, you know, we've got a little more fight in us than, than we did before, or we know better how to use the skills or however you want to phrase it. But I don't, I don't know. I'm like, whatever comes next like bring it right is there advice is there a a general advice that you're that you find yourself giving to your clients about uh kind of how to persist in this environment um yes i would say the the word persist is really uh key there where being persistent is really important And that means, I think it's two things. One is we need to continue to identify messages and stories that we can put out to the media in our, in our role, right. Of doing their PR. The other piece of it is your owned channels are the things that you are going to have the most control over. And that means email the website social to a degree, to a degree, you don't own social because of the algorithms. Um, but the messages that you're able to put out to people you, is, you know, important in terms of how it bring, like you nurture that relationship with your customers and bring them back to you. Yeah. And that's something that I think has changed, obviously, with the advent of social media. And I feel like is at its absolute height of importance currently, where people are taking more and more into account the the brand's identity rather than in their purchasing decisions rather than just the product itself. Yeah. Like maybe you, you, you go to, you go to Lowe's because of who they donate to politically rather than Home Depot because of who they donate to. Like, even though they're, you know, giant fortune, probably fortune. Right. I was going to say, or ideally you're going to a small business that can equip you with the same things. Yeah. I feel like that's kind of the next level. Yeah. Yeah. And the other The other little lesson in there is that I feel like we've been coaching our clients on a lot is the need for repetition, which again goes back to persistence. But 
the reality is there's so much out there right now. And you feel like you're saying the same thing over and over again, but I guarantee you, your customer doesn't hundred percent know about it. Mm-hmm. So you've got to keep going back to that same message and hammering it with them because you're going to hit them. There's a little bit of like luck in it, right? That you're hitting them at the right moment where they're ready to convert or by virtue of so-and-so seeing it and sharing it with someone else. It's just like, you got to keep putting it out there. Yeah. You're absolutely right that it it is, and you know you're right. I'm just I I, I see it. Uh, yes. that, that a lot of it is, is the is the timing of it, and I've right. I've even I've even heard that for, and this is a, a little bit silly, but I've heard that for even even who you marry, that sometimes it's it's less about who than it is about when, and making sure that like the timing is right in you in your life yeah. as well as their life. Part of that goes to, to the sales process as well. Are mm-hmm. they looking for your services or do they, you know, do they even know they need, they need them yet? Right. Right. Well, as there, are there changes that you've made in response to COVID that you think you'll continue well beyond COVID? Like, are you like the, the, I know you're doing a lot more soliciting than you used to. Is that something sure. that you that you see uh, continuing on? Yes, I think that's going to be a huge element and contributor to our ongoing growth. Um, I am. We're going to continue this gratitude and self care practice. I think that's been really helpful for mindset. Um, the ability to work remotely. I am excited to flex um, in more exciting ways. So. My brother currently lives in Austin, Texas, and I would love to go out there for a month and spend time with him and continue to work and maybe go to a beach and like all that kind of stuff. So um, I don't know. I think COVID has sharpened our abilities. I think the other piece that's really key is we know how to deliver value. Like we, it really made us focus on what core activities that we offer that off that bring out the greatest results for our clients. Um, and I think we know that we've got a little bit more of an arsenal of different skills that we can pull out as necessary. That is such a, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Developing that, that arsenal. I think that, I know we go kind of keep going back to these military uh, <laughs> these military terms, but you're developing this this arsenal, and and you're we're all going to kind of come out of this as being more more battle tested, and yeah. I think kind of hardened and and streamlined, and you know, I mean if you can survive this, shoot, like you you can survive anything. Mm-hmm. So Elizabeth, on our way out here, I just want to touch on on one more thing, and that is your revenue for 2020. Um, and as it compared to 2019, and then specifically, of course, within the the pan, you know the nine months, nine or ten months of the pandemic, and then also what your kind of goals are for 2021. I know you don't normally set goals, but I I do want to hear what your forecast is at least a little bit. All right, all right. Um, okay, so as I mentioned before, we saw a revenue growth of 34 percent from 2018 to 2019. Um, in, so 2019 to 2020, looking at 
our revenue declined 35% year over year. Um, so in a year that we were hoping to probably increase, you know, I'd love to do what we did the year before we did the opposite. <laughs> so, um, and then I also took time to look at those numbers. So it's like Q2 through Q4 of 2019 um, compared to 2020. And that was a 51% uh, decline in revenue. So we really saw, like we were hit by the, by the pandemic quite clearly. Um, I did a call last week with my tax accountant at the end of the year. Um, as she so beautifully put it, she's like, oh, your profit and loss isn't as bad as I thought it would be. Oh my and I was gosh. like, okay, I think that's a compliment. Like, so thank you. Yeah. She has a very like bright, blunt way of putting things, but honestly, it's not as bad as it could have been. Right. Um, I'm, I'm good with it. So looking ahead to 2021, do I have a number in mind? No. Um, being that our number, our revenues were lower this year, I think it should be easier to go after growth. Our goals are less revenue oriented and more that I want to hire three to five people by the end of the year. Three is the goal. Five is the stretch. Wow. Uh, I mean, I'm not sitting around waiting for the world to change. Like this is, we're going to go for it. Um, and then we obviously need the business to support that. So, you know, putting those skills of hunting to, to use. Yeah. All right. It's going to be a hunting heavy season. Indeed. Yeah. Um, well, as we, as we move to kind of wrap things up here, Elizabeth, if our, what is the best way for our listeners to, to support you? And if they want to find out more about you, how, how do they do that? Yes, they can visit our website, which is goldenword.co. It is not .com. Um, or you can follow us on Instagram at goldenwordco. And Perfect. we try to be like most creative and exciting on Instagram. Um, we try not to overdo it on multiple platforms. So we concentrate our, we focus our energies there. Got it. All right. Uh, goldenword.co go to it right now see some awesome PR Elizabeth thanks so much for coming on the show thank you so much this was so much fun thank you to my guest Elizabeth Edelman of Golden Word if you are in need of PR or communications help check out goldenword.co time now for my unsponsor aka a small business doing everything right they don't pay for a shout out. Heck, they don't even know it's coming, but they deserve one. Today's show is not brought to you by the Vreamery, like creamery, but with a V, because it's vegan. This artisan vegan cheese company can send you DIY meltable vegan cheese making kits. Vegan cheese can be tough, but trust me, they freaking nailed it. Check them out at thevreamery.com. Speaking of shopping small, check out smallbizgoneviral.com for a rapidly growing list of unsponsors and the small businesses run by our guests. There are now over 100 businesses listed that you have probably never heard of, but guaranteed will be impressed by. So vote with your wallet for the world you want to live in and shop small. Thank you Peggy Bunker and the Bunkmates, Worldometer, NPR, Robin Hood Snack, and Morning Brew Daily News Emails, Statista, and my wonderful researcher, Kaylin Kwan. Someday this will all be over. Until then, fight the fatigue, social distance, and wear a mask. From an office in North Pacific Beach, recorded and edited 
before and after work hours. I'm Grant LeBeau, and this is Small Biz Gone Viral. And we're back, as always, with our quick bonus lightning round. Elizabeth, three quick questions for you. One, what are some of your biggest sources of stress from work? My biggest source of stress, I think, is because I'm an optimist. So anytime that we venture into crisis communications, I do not like it. I start sweating and... I feel very nervous about all of our word choice as we're dealing with media and whatever crisis has happened. That said, I we tend to do well in those moments. I just hate it. So you're really good at it, but you don't like it. Yes. Question number two. How do you feel when someone who you've known for a long time, a close friend, family member, whatever, asks about the status or progress of your company? I feel fine about them asking what I should do better as a publicist and professional like message and relayer and storyteller is I feel like I should have a better answer. I'm always like everything in my mind escapes me and I don't remember like what I should tell them. And it's usually way more negative than it is or just so surface level. I would love to find like a pointed answer that, that tells a story, but is captivating. I don't know. There's so many opportunities there that I feel like I've, I miss. Yeah, there's a, a lot of directions you could you could take that, I'm sure. Well, you can just refer them to this podcast. Absolutely. Uh, <laughs> here's my, my one hour long answer to that question. No, it's actually a really good point. You want to know, you really want to know what's going on? Like, yeah, here, here you go. go. Uh, last question, as always, because this is a happy show, at least theoretically. What is your favorite part about being an entrepreneur? I love the brand building and the exploration of new ideas. So I have loved building Golden Word up as a company and as a brand in its own right. I love doing it for our clients as well. And then I love it when that fresh idea comes in and the client's psyched about it and it works and that whole like microcosm just like falls into place in the universe. I love it. 